0: Hello
1: and welcome to Empowering or welcome back to Empowering. I'm your podcast host, Emily Donohue, and this is a podcast designed to help you navigate your eating disorder recovery. Today's episode is all about self-destruction and the link between self-destruction and eating disorders and why exactly you are self-destructing and what's really at the core of it. So like I do in every episode, I'm going to give a disclaimer and a trigger warning and say I'm not a medical professional, I cannot diagnose or give any ground medical advice, I can simply just advise you based on my own personal experience and research I have done. And also, I will be talking about eating disorders in quite some depth, I will be mentioning self-harm, I will be mentioning some self-destructive behaviours so if you do not feel like you're in a great place maybe don't listen to this but at the same time I make sure this is a safe space for everyone without including triggering details. So let's just get on into it. Before I start I have some very exciting news I've mentioned before but I am selling it's cool to look after yourself t-shirts and hoodies the link will be in the podcast description and 10% of the profits are going to beat eating disorder charity so I love it It came today I've been waiting quite a while for it to come and I'm so excited because it's such good quality it's beautiful I'm just so happy with how it turned out and so I really want to give these a boost now and say you can go and get your hands on them because it's a really nice message it's very empowering and yeah so self-destruction I'm just gonna give you a bit of a background on my experience so I was 15 the first time I developed quite bad mental health issues so I was struggling in the past dealing with things from my childhood, things that were going on still but 15 was really the age I developed the bad mental health so this is when I developed an anxiety disorder and then over the years I have been diagnosed with anorexia, major depressive disorder and borderline personality disorder. So over the years I've done a lot of awful things to myself that have had a bad impact on those around me and when I look back I just feel sorry for that person I feel sorry for myself and not in a way which I think people look down on I think a lot of people look down on people who feel sorry for themselves but at the same time I think it's very important that you you can acknowledge how much you were struggling in the past it's not something to be embarrassed about I think that's another form of stigma when it comes to mental health is the whole the whole like headline that okay you are not allowed to feel sorry for yourself you are not allowed to wallow in your pity there's a difference between that and also between just acknowledging how hard things have been in your life and I think really that the whole idea that you, it's a bad thing if you are pitying yourself, or if you feel sorry for yourself, but the reality is, that is just a human emotion, you're allowed to feel sorry for yourself because you finally know that you deserve better, right? We can't, it's kind of just like the, okay, suck it up and get over it mentality, it's kind of screaming 1950s mental health advocacy, like shit because it's the same kind of vibe it's like okay you're not allowed to feel sorry for yourself you're not allowed to think that you deserved better you're not allowed to feel bad for the person you used to be who had to deal with a lot it's like no you're allowed to feel bad for yourself okay the only difference is I just hope that it doesn't hold you back that's the only difference but I'm here to tell you it's okay to feel sorry for yourself just don't let it swallow you up basically so, anyway, I did feel sorry for myself. I felt sorry for the 15 year old who was really just not doing well mentally and who was self destructing because it then led, it was like the domino effect, it then led to years of self destructing and awful things happening. And yeah, really. Um, I was actually given a book by a nurse. And it's called Healing the Shame that Binds Us. Now, I don't know if any of you have actually read this book. I've never heard of it until I was given it. But it is genuinely life-changing. It was life-changing for me when I read it. And I haven't gotten past like a quarter of the book. The first quarter of the book has genuinely changed my mind and my whole perspective. And, yeah, I probably should read the rest. But I just, I tell myself I don't have time to read. But I really enjoy it when I do, so anyway um anyway in this book this book kind of gave me an explanation as to why i was acting the way i was why i was self-destructing i realized that i had a lot of internalized anger and shame and i would take that out on myself instead of the people around me who had caused me a lot of trouble and trauma now I'm gonna talk about shame a lot in this episode because I truly believe that at the very core of self-destruction is shame. We self-destruct to numb something, for example, but simply saying we self-destruct because we think we deserve bad things just isn't enough. Why do we think we deserve bad things? Because at the very root of our self-destruction and mental illnesses is shame. We have so much shame, so much internalised toxic shame about ourselves. We think We deserve bad things to happen because we believe we are bad people and believing we are bad people is shame. Now people look at self-destruction as attention seeking, immature and just completely misunderstand it. We all self-destruct, every single one of us. I mean how many times have you denied yourself what you wanted or needed? Like Even in the form of, oh, I know I should take this day off work because I'm tired or because of this or because of this, but you choose to just keep going and suck it up, right? That is, in a sense, a form of self destruction. It is the act of doing something that goes against taking care of yourself. It's the act of doing something that will harm yourself. It can be in a big sense or a little sense, you know? It can be a very significant thing or significant way or it could be a very insignificant way but either way if you're denying yourself of something that you need or want it can be self-destruction now I'm not here as being like everything you do is self-destruction that's not true but at the same time I think even just little things we are wired to to do you know it's in our behaviors it's how we were raised to say no to ourselves you know and to constantly put maybe jobs before our needs or people before our needs and the whole idea that being selfish is a bad thing and you have to put others before yourself it's a form of self-destruction and a lot of people don't even realize it but now I've said before that self-destruction is at the core of mental illnesses now we don't choose to be mentally ill we don't choose to be mentally unwell but we can choose our actions we do choose our actions however these actions are encouraged by the illness right so it's difficult to stop because for as long as you are suffering with a mental illness you will have constant thoughts and impulses to self-destruct and i'm not judging you if you act upon them i would never judge you if you were to act upon your self-destructive urges or tendencies because i've been there and a lot of the time it feels like the only answer It does feel like the only answer sometimes, and it feels most natural. It feels comforting. And especially when it comes to eating disorders, eating disorders are very, very self-destructive. Say you have a restrictive eating disorder. The act of self-destruction is denying yourself of essential energy in simple terms. It's breaking yourself down in all forms, mental and physical, but it also breaks down your life, your values, your relationships your opportunities and honestly I'm not here to judge. Self-destruction feels very natural at times. It's a behavior that becomes so comforting to us which is ironic because it shouldn't settle us the most. It's crazy how the things that are most damaging to us can often be the things that feel most comforting to us, that give us solutions and that is something I'm very intrigued by, how self-destruction seems to just come natural to many, even children. You know, growing up, I would do things and act upon self-destructive urges just because, just because, you know? And this was at a time where I didn't have anorexia and I didn't have, well, I didn't know I had all these other things going on and it's just i think it's just crazy how it can be in our behavior so i was doing some research for this episode as i do in every episode just to kind of get get more of an insight have another perspective on it and actually do some like psychological research because if you don't know i'm going to uni in september so i'm going to uni in less than a month I'm moving to a big city. I'm moving away to study psychology because I want to become a psychologist. I want to become a doctor of psychology. I want to have my own practice. I have big aspirations. Um, So psychology is something I'm really fascinated with. So I kind of just pulled out this, this article. It's from Psych Central. And it's called breaking the cycle of shame and self-destructive behaviors. So I like to think that this ties very nicely to eating disorders and shame in eating disorders and self-destructive behaviors, which are also behaviors of an eating disorder. Because I think just simply looking at eating disorders is not enough, you know? When I think about my eating disorder and when I think about anyone's eating disorder, your eating disorder, I don't think of that as the deep, deep issue. And that's not to say, it. oh, it's not bad. That's not me saying that. That's me simply saying that your eating disorder is a coping mechanism for something going on much deeper inside of you. So I kind of wanted to dive deeper into why you self-destruct and why I self-destruct. So... I'm going to paraphrase some of this article to you and really just point out the things that I think were very interesting and hopefully you find interesting too. So I'm going to paraphrase, hopefully, I read it right. But this article talks about how shame involves an internalized feeling of being exposed and humiliated. It's very different from guilt. Shame is a feeling of badness about yourself, whereas guilt is feeling badness about a behaviour, which is often caused by shame. So if you feel guilty for what you've eaten, that is caused by shame. You see yourself as someone who either doesn't deserve to have food because you don't think you're a good person, or you you feel guilty about having something to eat because you feel ashamed that you've disappointed the eating. Or, you know, basically guilt is a result of shame in my opinion now shame is a learned behavior from when a person is a child to growing up in an environment where shame was taught so i'm going to kind of talk to you about some things from my childhood that i've reflected on and realized and recognized that were actually contributing factors in the way i behave now and the way i have behaved over the many years so as a child I would go to my parents and I would basically point out things they did that really upset me or that weren't right or that weren't healthy and I was met by invalidation. So they'd be like, my mum would be like, oh stop being stupid, stop being dramatic, oh everything's fine, that kind of thing, that's invalidation. So... I can now reflect and see that this invalidation I got from me expressing my emotions has caused me to almost act out on my emotions, right? Because simply saying how I feel in the past has led me to be invalidated. And that is a learned behavior. I learned to feel invalid. I learned to not want to talk about my emotions because of the fear of invalidation. Sorry about that, it's had an implication. But that also kind of explains why with my eating disorder, I I kind of used my eating disorder as a way of communicating I wasn't okay. And so it kind of does make sense. Growing up, I was invalidated for my emotions, right? And so now growing up when I developed anorexia, I felt that I had to physically show that I was struggling because i felt that if i was to lose weight then i wouldn't be invalidated for my feelings because someone could physically see the pain now i know that a lot of people with any other form of self harm addictions relate in the sense that obviously this isn't the the whole point of this isn't the whole like um motivator behind self harm or starving yourself this is just maybe a tiny thing that plays into it but I think that sometimes we feel that we can't express ourselves emotionally and so we feel like we have to take it out on ourselves to show ourselves actually but also to show maybe other people subconsciously that we are struggling. Now that's not attention seeking in the way that society puts it across us. So what I mean by this is when I was younger in my teens, I did struggle with um, self harming. Now, I remember thinking to myself, now I, I've only just thought about this now whilst I'm talking, but I remember I thought to myself that because I was invalidated about how I was feeling, because I was struggling with some childhood trauma that when I expressed to my parents, they invalidated me. I felt that I had to physically show myself. I had to prove to myself, because my parents never saw myself harm, but I felt that I had to prove to myself that what I was feeling was real, something that was tangible, something that I could see. And now actually reflecting on that, I haven't even thought about that in a long time. Um, Now actually reflecting on that, it's kind of Easy to see how that has then led to me trying to lose weight because it's just another form of self destructing to physically show that I was in pain. Now, I don't know much about that. I've never actually thought about that, but I'm having this realization as I'd film this episode and I'm just going to flow with it and be honest with you because, yeah, I want you to also reflect what happened to you as a child. What happened to you as a child? That then led you to internalise, whether it's anger or shame, or did someone do something or m- say something, or did just did something that made you feel inherently bad as a human being, that made you feel like your emotions weren't valid, or that your body wasn't your own. Now, this might be too vague or too specific, um, so I'm sorry about that, but is there something from, it doesn't even have to be from your childhood, it could be now, is there something that you might shake off now and be like, oh that wasn't a big deal, but when you actually think about it, what has caused you to feel so ashamed of who you are, what has caused you to feel shameful about your identity, about the things you do or the way you look or the things you talk about, what has caused that, right? Now, I'm gonna sorry, this was my tangent, so I'm gonna paraphrase this article again. So, yeah, self destructive behaviors are those things a person does in their life that causes harm, whether emotionally, physically, or psychologically. So, for example, a person who is ashamed of their low paying job may drink a lot to try and forget their employment status. Or it's kind of like um, you're numbing yourself, right? So maybe you, even people without mental illnesses, say someone likes to run. Maybe they are ashamed of something about themselves or their lives that they feel that they get freedom from by running. Or maybe someone gets freedom from by doing drugs or drinking or smoking or anything like that or just self-harming, you know? Like I'm talking about now, an eating disorder or or self-harming in any of the format. It's like, there's always some reason why you think that it's okay to treat yourself that way. And this is not a judgment, but truly try and think about that. Truly try and dive deep into your past, into your subconscious, and try and figure out exactly what, Thoughts you have about yourself or what beliefs you have about yourself that then contribute to you acting upon self-destructive urges and Self-destruction or self-destructive behaviors are often your attempt to regulate painful feelings But ultimately they just lead to more shame. So I am going to Read out a cycle to you that was actually in the book. I read And It perfectly explains addiction. It perfectly explains self-destruction. It perfectly explains eating disorders So I'm gonna go and get this book wherever it is in my room and find it and read it to you because I think it's gonna be very helpful for you Okay, first of all, I'm gonna read out the paragraph I highlighted and then kind of describe the uh, Diagram to you the cycle thing so The cycle begins, now first of all this is the cycle of self-destruction, it's the cycle of eating disorders, it's the cycle of addiction, so yeah. So, the cycle begins with a false belief system shared by all addicts, that no one could want them or love them as they are. In fact, addicts can't love themselves, they are an object of scorn to themselves. This deep internalized shame gives rise to distorted thinking. This distorted thinking can be reduced to the belief, I'll be okay if I drink, have sex, get more money, work harder, starve yourself, lose weight, self-harm. And the shame turns one into what Kellogg has termed a human doing rather than a human being. I talk about this quote a lot. I say, you're not a human doing, you're a human being, because I first got that whole quote from this book, but it's true and it's really stuck with me. On days where I'm struggling to accept doing nothing or except lying in bed all day or except just not achieving things i wanted to achieve i try to remind myself i'm a human being not human doing anyway back to the book um worth is measured on the outside and never on the inside now i know this book is not directly talking about eating disorders but it very much relates to this in an eating disorder sense so when i read this out to you Take it into consideration, like, like kind of process it as relating to an eating disorder or any other addiction you struggle with. So, worth is measured on the outside, never on the inside. The mental obsession about the specific addictive relationship is the first mood alteration, since thinking takes us out of our emotions. After obsessing for a while, the second mood alteration occurs. This is the acting out stage of the addiction, The ritual may involve drinking with a boy, secretly eating in one's favourite hiding place, cruising for sex, or in the eating disorder term, losing weight, restricting, purging, binging. Now, the ritual ends in either drunkenness, satisfaction, orgasm, spending all the money, whatever. What follows the cycle is shame over your behaviour and the life damaging consequences. So, in simple terms, you start with the belief, the false belief, that you are not good enough, you're flawed, you're defective, your body's bad, you're ugly, you're too whatever. That is the first belief that that starts off this cycle, right? Now, this false belief system goes on to distorted thinking so your distorted thinking could be i need to lose weight so i feel better about myself i need to lose weight so then i'm valid i need to eat this much to do this or that kind of thing right so your false belief system turns into your distorted thinking now your distorted thinking turns into action so when you think when you have this distorted thinking of i need to lose weight so then i feel Valid so that I feel sick enough. That is then going to turn into your actions, which could be restricting, purging, whatever it is. Now, this acting out is going to have life damaging consequences. So maybe you're taken out of school, maybe you can't work your job anymore, maybe you lose lots of relationships and friendships, and your relationships with your family get really bad. It's going to have life damaging consequences. Now, these things only just further reinforce your false belief system so to have these life damaging consequences to find that, to to have your relationship with your parents be shit to have your job taken away from you to be ill with an eating disorder whatever the consequence is that's then going to cause you to have more shame about yourself it's now going to be, well I've got no friends anymore, all I have is my eating disorder and so this cycle goes on and on and around and round. It starts with shame, everything starts with shame. Say for example you're an alcoholic, you think that you are not a good person, that's then going to go on to distorted thinking, thinking that I need to numb myself to get through that's then going to turn into action so you become a an alcoholic and then that's going to cause life damaging consequences where you have hangovers you break up families and then that is then going to go on to reinforce your bad beliefs about yourself right i hope this system makes sense i hope this cycle makes sense so this is a cycle i have found very helpful in my recovery from not just my eating disorder, but everything. It's the fact that I can now identify that the root of my self-destruction is shame. And the thing that I don't think enough people tell you is that to recover from an eating disorder is not just about eating. It's not just about challenging your fear foods. It's not just about trying to accept your body at a bigger size. Recovery is all about getting to the very root of the issue, getting to the root of the shame, finding out what exactly caused you to feel so ashamed of yourself just as the way you were naturally that you then had to go on to numb but also to change through an eating disorder. Now I want to know, well I don't want to (laughs) know, I want you to find out, I want you to dive deeper into yourself to find out what exactly is keeping your eating disorder going because you can eat all your fear foods if you have them, not everyone has them, you can eat all your fear foods, you can eat thousands and thousands of calories you can gain the weight you can weight restore whatever it is but if you are not facing the very thing that keeps the cycle going then it's going to be a never-ending cycle right you can recover but if you are not actually dealing with the mental aspect of it the mental part of it which is the majority of an eating disorder it's a mental illness then you're not going to get out of this cycle ever you're just going to go through a cycle of recovery relapse recovery relapse recovery relapse for as long as you then live so i'm here to tell you that you need to find out what is at the very core of your eating disorder or any of the mental illness you suffer from is it that you feel ashamed Is it that you are trying to numb something? Is it because you were invalidated when you were younger? What is the root? Because it's like weeds, right? It's like gardening. Very weird analogy, but it is like gardening because if you just keep pulling the weeds up but leaving the roots in, it's just gonna keep growing and growing. You need to get to the very root of the issue and yank it up, right? (laughs) You do. And it's very difficult in recovery from any mental illness to address the things that you have tried to numb for so long. It's terrifying. It's vulnerable. It's about being vulnerable with yourself. It's about trying to learn how to be vulnerable with yourself because in the past maybe you have then tried to numb the things that you need to work on and so when these things start coming back up you have to make sure you are taking good care of yourself because if you don't it's going to be a cycle it's going to go on and on and it can get very dangerous and you deserve so much better than that so this is kind of a different episode because i'm not talking about eating disorders directly i'm talking more about the thing at the very core of eating disorders which I think for a lot of people is internalised shame that we get from trauma or childhood and yeah I think that it's important I talk about this because I can talk about oh how to face your fear foods, how to accept weight gain but at the very end of the day it doesn't matter how many sizes you go up in clothes or how many calories you eat or how many fear foods you face that doesn't matter and that's not going to change anything if you're not dealing with the very thing that you were trying to numb, that you have used your eating disorder to numb. If you don't address that then you do not have the best chance of recovering because you need to break the cycle to to actually break free and to to get full freedom not just of your food this isn't just all about food freedom this is about mental freedom because you can have full free oh my god i can't talk you can have full food freedom but still be so mentally struggling so mentally struggling so debilitated by your mental illnesses by your brain by your thoughts and i think that's why a lot of people in recovery that i know have weight restored and they eat whatever they want but they are still mentally troubled by something by a mental by a mental illness and the thing is it's it's hard because people around you just assume you're magically better because you've weight restored or because you've gained weight but the truth is if you're not actually working on your mental health then you're not going to get better and that is not meant to be not meant to come across as rude or judgmental but it is kind of the harsh reality and I think the reason I'm doing so well in my recovery at the moment is because I'm focusing more on healing from childhood trauma and healing from my bad belief systems that I have about myself and my life and I think that's why I'm doing so well and why I find it much easier to take care of myself is because I'm actually addressing the core, the root of my eating disorder. Now, it's going to be a different journey for everyone This is what I mean when I say recovery is so, so different for everyone. Because not everyone is going to have issues that you have had you know everyone has had a specific individual life experience that is completely unique to them and so just because we all are under the same category of having an eating disorder it does not mean that every single person is going to get better in the exact same way and that oh you just need to eat and you're magically going to get better that's so not true you need to go to the very core of the issue. You need to find out why you are stuck in self-destructive cycles and why you're stuck in this eating disorder cycle because there will be a reason and this is not me saying, oh everyone has a reason for their eating disorder because I believe eating disorders are caused by an, accumulate, accumu- an accumulation of reasons. Some of them are genetic, some of them are um, social influences situational and so it's very difficult to pinpoint the cause of an eating disorder but i think one thing you can do that will really benefit you is try and identify something in your life whether you are aware of it or not that has subconsciously led to you believing you are a bad person or that you are not good enough just as you are you're not good enough at the weight you are you're not valid enough at the weight you are whatever it is that's caused these emotions these false belief systems that is the root that is the thing you need to really get rid of or not even get rid of just solve and work on as best as you can as best as you know how because i promise that that's how eating gets easier that's how weight gain gets easier it's not the fact that oh i've gained weight so i've exposed myself to it no it's the fact that alongside eating better I have started to try and value myself as a person and try and rewire my false belief system to a belief system that allows me to take care of myself. Now I hope this episode helps, I know it's a bit of a different one and I'm gonna get back to my usual episode soon, but I just thought it was important to really address the shame and the self-destruction that we all have that we all do and I want you to know that you're human and I'm not judging you in the slightest I think that it is very sad but also something that you can get better from something that you should hopefully one day address whether you're ready for it or not I think it needs to be done and I hope this episode kind of gives you the boost to do it to take ownership of your recovery and to kind of see the bigger picture this is not just about recovering from an eating disorder and just about eating and just about trying to accept weight gain it's not just about that that is like the very surface level it's about the deep issues you have with yourself that have then caused you to have a fear of weight gain a fear of food that is what i want you to dive deeper into so i'm gonna say goodbye and say thank you so much for listening I appreciate every single one of you this podcast was actually in the top 100 it still is in the top 100 for mental health podcasts which is fucking crazy right I'm so grateful so I wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart every single time I get a message from you it literally makes my day so much better so thank you so much for all your love and support because as much as this is a podcast for you it's also a podcast for me and it really helps me So thank you and I will see you in next week's episode. I love you. I'm very proud of you. And I know that you can do this.